For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 35. Woo! And you have Jamie, myself, Kyle, and Mr. Brom. What, what? What's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin. His classic, his classic catchphrase. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's the best, man. Yeah. I, we've, everyone's come to love and know it because it's what he says all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't even get through a single conversation with the guy without hearing that. Right. So it's actually a very important week because we have transitioned from Japanese movie month. You will no longer hear the gong. No gong. No insensitive gong to start the show anymore. Instead, we're doing <laughs> World War II. Oh, that gives you a good back-to-back World War champs. <laughs> yes, it is World War II movies, right? Yes. Okay, it's not. It's not just World War movies. It's World War II specifically. Correct. Movies, is that right. Even though we were back-to-back champs. I guess my Godzilla yeah. okay, call okay. would double as like a bald eagle screech. I was actually going to say, wasn't that a bald eagle screech? That was a bald eagle screech. That was not there Godzilla. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You get. Some good impressions. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, did you have anything to? to do you have any noise for it? I don't. We're not playing the anthem. I was looking for trumpet fanfares. Uh, should we say the that pledge of allegiance? I'm confused. <laughs> I pledge yes. allegiance. Take the flag. <laughs> You're gonna keep going. No, nope. very good. All right. Yep. Wow! Right into it. <laughs> dive! 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 Dead air. It's not even about dead air I just don't know where we go from there What began as an innocent conversation Among friends Would soon spiral out of control And later be referred to by future generations As the eighth wonder of the modern world Mac East Second Floor Studios Takes you on the journey of your lifetime As your captains Alex the Mustard Man The artist formerly known as Brom Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. No, it is. It's nice even because we had a movie this week where they did that a couple times. They actually were doing like a dive, dive, dive. There was there was, oh, a, yeah. there was one of them where I was like, "That's very close yeah, to what we do every week." I did notice that. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, Brom, what was the movie we watched this week? Uh, well, of course, we watched the Maverick himself. Top Gun 2, Destination Tokyo. Perfect. What's up, what's up, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) So in reality, we watched Up Periscope, which is very, very similar to Destination Tokyo, except made a bunch of years later based on a book that must have been based on Destination Tokyo because it was the same movie. Right. It it seems like it's the exact same. At first it was like, oh, they just remade Destination Tokyo. Then I was like, it was based on a novel. I was like... Wait, was that novel based on Destination Tokyo? How did it end up so similar? So weird. When was when was Destination Tokyo made, Brom? You're the... It was during World War II. Yeah, that was, was one of uh, 40, 40, 43? Yeah, I think it was 43. Yeah, I think it was 43. Okay, so 16 years after the yeah. fact. 16 years later, they made a movie that was exactly the same. It's not about the raid on Tokyo or anything, but it's like the same plot. For oh, them. yeah. Copy, paste, 
Change the names. Change the names. You're change done. scenario. Change the not scenario. That would change the movie. Uh, it would change. <laughs> it's change. exactly like it, but the scenario is totally different. Yeah, it's what? just the plot that is different. It's like so. What? Oh, okay. I like um, it. So, anyways, it was made in 1959. Yep. Stars James Garner. You might Classic. know him from Space Cowboys yeah, he's or an old, old person, The Notebook. <clears throat> also an old person in that one. Also, Edmund O'Brien. He was the he was the Maverick. He uh, that, that's what he got on the uh, poster here. James the Maverick Garner. There we go. Wait, really? Yeah, that's on why, the poster that's why I made that for deal. a Periscope. Yeah, that um, is the strangest thing I've ever heard. Why is that? Somebody was giving me the the fast fact. He was in a movie called Maverick where he played uh, Marshall Zane mm. Cooper. Sure. Okay, that's interesting. That's a weird <laughs> advertising scheme, I guess, that they had for that. Was that they were going to really it was play a, up his role? It was role a TV series, a TV, TV series. Yeah, and there was a well, remake that he was in. Pardon me. Yeah, Mel, Gip- Mel Gibson had the was the Maverick in the movie, the feature film, like years later. Gotcha. Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster, and they had ridiculous chemistry. To clean it up. Everyone can't it was, help uh, but be like. Are you talking about the Beaver? <laughs> well, no, she directed the Beaver, and he was in that movie. Yeah, uh, but I think she was in. She was the female lead in Maverick, which starred Mel Gibson. Also, there's about a poker. movie actually yeah, named and Maverick. James Garner yeah. was in the TV series he back was in the TV in the series 50s, that, that was based on, and he played Brett Maverick, aka yeah. Bo Pappy Maverick. Yeah, obviously something. Oh, I guess. Okay. I guess. I guess. I don't know. Duh. <clears throat> All right. Well, All right. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we've got James Garner. Yeah. We have Edmund O'Brien, who we've seen in another submarine film. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah, he was one of the two government officials that were like obsessed with coffee and sugar and shit. Yes. And we had Alan Hale Jr., which that great. name might sound familiar because he is from Gilligan's Island. He, was he is the skipper. Great. I really enjoyed his performance in this. He's, and we yeah. will get to that because he was awesome. He was pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Brom, do you have anything to say before we jump right into this plot? No, let's get right in there. Let's get right into it. So we open, and it's 1942. We got Captain Paul Stevenson. He is commander of the USS Barracuda, and they are uh, in a pretty tough situation because they're kind of like on the bottom of the ocean trying to avoid these ships that are um, trying to depth charge them and stuff. And uh, But there's an injured person on there. So there's a guy who had a torpedo room accident, and he's injured. And they, by protocol, they have to stay on the bottom to make sure that the crew survives for a set amount of time, even if it seems like those boats have left. And right. so playing by the book, our captain decides we are staying here, even though it potentially will make it so that the guy has less chance of living. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this turns out to be the case, as we will come to find. Yeah, he uh, he dies. He does. He actually perishes in this yes. uh, scenario. So he they they come up to the the surface, go back, and yeah, he passes away from his injuries. Even mm-hmm. though they stayed on the bottom for a really long time, right? Wasn't that the the point? It's like they were there for a really like six, six months. Hour, yeah, six months. Right. They were <laughs> down on the bottom of the ocean for six months. Um, they actually they all they had children, and those children were actually the ones who captained it back to San Diego, right, or to Pearl Harbor. It was really odd. It's crazy. It was asexual reproduction. Um, yeah, life finds budding. a way. I think it's. I think as everyone knows, life finds a way. It does, and they found a way on this ship. That's actually where this quote came from. Yeah, was a periscope. Yes, yeah, that's where Michael Crichton got that quote for <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yes, he's watching a periscope. He's like, oh, I really like that line. I think I'll incorporate it into my work. Yeah. We so say, anyways. We say a lot of real true things on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely happened in this movie. So we cut on over to the sandy beaches of San Diego. And yeah. we see James Garner chasing a lady with a mullet on like, the beach. You're like, get out of here. <laughs> get away from him. He's clearly chasing you. Yeah. 
Uh, but he just wants to make a bunch of pretty crazy double entendre jokes to her. Oh, about he does. Wanting to bone her. A little and they sex just on met. the beach. And I ain't talking about the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, he's talking about like forging a new beachhead. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? He says, you know those beach maneuvers I was using this afternoon? Well, I wasn't just trying to establish any old beachhead. My God. <laughs> What year is it? <laughs> yeah. This is raunchy stuff. Whoa. Uh, but anyways, they're like smooching. They're like a love in life. They're clearly way in love. But she's kind of like, eh, not so, seems like not so sure because they just met. But he's like totally smitten. All right. So when you say just met, it has been a week and two days. Week and two days. Literally just met. Literally just met. But they're already saying like beachhead jokes. Oh, I love you. Yeah. And at dinner- he even asks her to marry him. Yeah. So they're at dinner and he is pretty cool for school, I should say. Oh, yeah. He's too, school for, too cool for school. And he is basically like, don't worry about it. We're just living life. We're just like a bunch of, we're just like a couple of super sexy people and we should maybe bone and have children. And she's like, oh, no. And she like runs away. And that's all we see at that moment is she mm-hmm. kind of like runs out of the out of the bar. And we're like, oh, zing. He got totally rejected like a total goober get out of here and he goes back to his base in san diego and they're like i know you just got rejected and you can't make any phone calls to alert anything because but you've got to get out to hawaii now stat because you are on this secret mission and you are like like one of the tops like you're a vip like badass it was funny though because they said you don't have time to make any calls but he sat there and watched the guy pack his stuff yeah i wasn't in any hurry no he could have just left and gone made a two-minute phone call yeah fine so anyways, he makes it out to uh, – they, they fly him immediately out to Pearl Harbor where he is um, – you, you get you – get at first I thought he was the replacement for the guy who had died on the boat. But it turns out that he's like kind of a secret – like a secret mission guy. agent man. And sure. He's more or less like a, a SEAL, right? Like a Navy SEAL of sorts. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, he like – He's not that tough. No, but he specializes in like underwater uh, stuff. Like he's got like diving. Yes, acrobatics. Actually, he's a Cirque du Soleil. He's on some kind of underwater demo team, but he's got skills. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what he said. He's some underwater demolition training thing. Wait, so like Armageddon? Yeah. Oh my God. But he also- This is where they got the idea for Armageddon too. It is. It's Michael amazing. Bay watched this and was like, that's great. I'm going to make one about- <laughs> An under- asteroid. <laughs> an asteroid, but underwater. What? And anyways, <laughs> he also is an underwater welder, mm-hmm. which will come into play later. Spoiler. That's all we do. We spoil things for you. Yeah. So uh, we also get at this point, he, so he's just arrived and they're going to get onto the boat or whatever. And um, he goes to the night, a nightclub, like kind of a club to see like the rest of the crew. He's just kind of hanging out. It seems like, like he's just waiting to figure out like which, what boat he's going to go on and meet the people and stuff like that. But all these people are celebrating. It's clearly going to be his crewmates. They're all the crew from the submarine where the guy had died from and they're mourning, but they're also kind of celebrating Alan Hale's character Malone uh, Malone having returned after like 52 weeks in service or something like Dude, that because he's a total badass oh he looks awesome he's, he's looking a- great he's so jovial he's like dancing around they're just like loving him dancing around oh yeah he's all these hula girls are all over him ooey ooey and gooey or something like that something, something it's pretty offensive. racist <laughs> yeah, it's super offensive, but they're kissing all on him. But it's Alan Hale, so you're like, I forgive you. Yep. Um, and uh, he's basically like, I'm boning all of you. He seems to imply that they're prostitutes of some sort. That's what I was getting that vibe because he's uh, like they already purchased, <laughs> and uh, even <laughs> they already when, paid for him. Even when the new guy shows up, he's like, Oh, 
you can go ahead and take them for the night. And I was like, they're oh, already purchased. Are they That's what he just said. hookers? Yeah, seems like it. Because then he he kind of like joshes about with uh, James Gardner's character, uh, and uh, you know he's just drinking, and I got to drink with me or whatever. And the XO comes in. Is the XO? Yeah, the XO comes mm-hmm. in, and it's like leaves over it's been canceled we got a new mission and everyone's like what the fuck we just had our like crewmate member die where we were ready for leave we're celebrating this stuff and now we have to go right back to this the submarine and pack all this stuff in and they have no idea who james gardner's character is so like they're basically like well you can have the ladies they're already paid for like you know have fun and so off they go but 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 before any of this stuff when james garner gets down to Pearl Harbor, yeah. he does meet with a commanding officer, and, like that, yeah. and he seems to know everything about him because he's mm, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sad that I have this to." This is leave. an important thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad yeah. that I have to leave because I just met this lady. He's like, "Oh, and I bet you took her to the beach and had kisses, and then took her out to dinner, and you proposed to her, and you've only known her for a week and two days." He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? How do you know that?" She is a. Agent of sorts. <laughs> oh, that classy thing. He's been basically spying on him to determine whether he's a good candidate for this really important mission that they have. Mm-hmm. And she determined that he was the best candidate. This is called catfishing. Oh, yeah. He got totally... Ca- is that right? Is that catfishing? No, right? probably not. I don't think that's like strictly the definition of catfishing. Shoot. I don't think like, so. Like, what, what qualified him, though? Like, all he did was, like, want to, like, have sex with her in public on the beach <laughs> and that's marry her after a week. Oh, I yeah, think, if you're a pro. So I, I actually thought about this as well. I think the big thing was is that he – there was times when she was kind of saying like, oh, what do you even do all day kind of like kind of stuff? And he was like, oh, whatever. It's like it's nothing. It's top secret. Yeah. And so I think a big part of it was mm-hmm. like even though they were totally into each other and truly in love as we'll find out later – he still refused to kind of like give up any of this information. And so like, yeah, there's a bunch of people that probably physically could do a lot of this stuff, but he was like, actually wouldn't succumb to that like pressure of revealing these kind of things. Right. And would, would be, would be known to like complete the job because he's like a good candidate or whatever. Right. So I think that was a big thing. Maybe that was it. Yeah. So anyway, they get on the boat and you see Malone directing everybody. Yeah, he's got like a whole bunch of jobs. He kind of says like I'm like assistant to everyone mm-hmm. because they don't have they don't really have enough people on the boat. And I <clears> guess <throat> that's probably like a World War II thing where like everyone was kind of doing everything a little bit. So right. he, he kind of like makes sure all the stuff is there, make sure this other stuff is there, like kind of organizes this and that. And so he's doing a lot of stuff everywhere. But do not worry because he asked about the ladies from last night. He, no, this is like his slow descent into madness as he like <laughs> obsesses constantly about like what happened because like what the problem is is James Garner and what was his name again? James Garner character? I can't even remember. Yeah. I, I remember in all my notes just him as LT. I don't think they ever really mentioned it that Kenneth much. Kenneth Braden. Oh, oh yeah, Braden. Oh, yeah, Ken. Ken, yeah. Ken. So Ken, he's like, oh, how do you how do you like the ladies? How do you like the ladies? And Ken's just like, they're expendable, right? That's what Those are like. his exact words. Yeah, they were That's, expendable. I was like, is he Jack the Ripper or something? Yeah. They're expendable. They're, they're just, extended, expendable. Like, them, wait, what? Cut them up. <laughs> Done with them. <laughs> totally expendable. And he kind of says this offhand, and Alan Hale's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Basically. He's like, right. look, stares, and I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, those are my ladies. He's like, don't even, yeah. He's like, eh, don't worry about it. And like, all of a sudden, like, every time we see Alan Hale's character, Aunt Malone and Ken together, he's just like, and then we could seriously say, like, what, what did you fucking mean by that? Right. And he'd all the time be like, don't even worry even, about it. It's expendable. <laughs> even like an hour 20 into it. Oh, there's uh, something. A whole bunch of times. He's like, hey, um... <laughs> Now that, you know, we're both, because later he gets promoted, yeah. this is now that we're the same, same rank. Same rank. I know we were talking about something on the first day, and I thought you could 
share all the information. You could probably with me. elaborate on what you meant by X Men Evolve. And then he just totally blows him off. Yeah, he's like, yeah, hey, don't worry about we it. Just never know. I was waiting for them to find a journal of his where he's just like got that written all over it, like <laughs> expendable, 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 and it's just like showing him killing like <laughs> Ken like over and over again, like ah, one of those. What uh, does it mean, expendable? One of those flip books where you flip through yeah, the pages, like, just him like stabbing Ken. Ken. Like, oh my gosh, expendable. What is this? You're expendable. It's like what? Did you ever talk about my hula ladies? So we haven't gotten much into this film yet, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's yeah. they just so anyway, they go along. Yeah, so they so they start to go on on the trip, and and the the big thing that's revealed is that the, the whole uh, mission is basically that Ken is going to be diving into this lagoon where they know that there's a. Um, uh, a big uh, tower, kind of a radio tower, right? That's radioing out to all these different ships. So if they know where these ships are, or can direct the ships with like secret messages that they don't know if they're coming from them or, mm-hmm. or from the Americans or the Japanese, they'll have the potential to bomb them and like really make a big dent in the war. Or but they it, could they could lure them out to them. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they, they could trick them. They could trick them. But like they don't want to destroy this, and they just they just don't want to destroy it because then they'll just change all the code books and get another one, and it's not a big deal. What they really want to do is they want to steal the codes themselves. So that then they could broadcast and still and broadcast actually using the thing. So they they want right. to they want to make sure it's very very delicate. He needs to dive onto the island, find uh, uh find the, like the code book in like the radio tower or whatever, take pictures of it, put it everything back so they don't suspect that the Americans have the code, yep. and then get back. That's the only way that this like plan's gonna work. Right. So it's but really really delicate, and only three people can know about it on the yeah. entire boat. Right. And that's another reason why it's like that's an important thing is him being able to keep the secret. Yes. And. Tensions are already high They're between way. the crewmate yeah. and the captain due to the situation with right. the other um, submariner dying. Yeah. So he's way into like by the book shit. And this is kind of like very much in line with like being by the book. Because then he's like, I'm not taking you into that lagoon. It's putting the rest of the crew at risk and that's against rules. Right. I'm not going to wait for you very long because that's against rules. I got to like preserve the, the ship. You're you're not like. and But like at the same time, by the rules, like I have to do everything in my power to make this mission a success as long as I got to balance all these things. Right. So even though he's saying like, I can't risk the ship, I can't do all this stuff. He does seem to really, really, really want this mission to succeed because they go almost the entire way above water to speed it up to make sure yes. they're going as fast as they can yeah and that puts them at a lot of risk because they've seen they, they end up having like all these different like things happen they have a there. lot of encounters um with like very quickly oh, back yeah. to back yeah so that's kind of like the big thing is that they start to um get i mean they're there he's kind of angry that he has to swim so far but like because he wants to rules. swim two thousand yards two thousand yards to and part of the reason is um, that he's so mad about it is because he could just get absolutely bashed by the cut waves by the, and cut yeah. up by the rocks and yeah. all that stuff and yeah. killed. So anyways, they, they, they're going, he's still going kind of like by the book against the book or whatever, as fast as he can on the surface. And they start seeing Japanese zeros come by and attack them. Oh yeah. And so they're getting, they get uh, lit up. Oh yeah. Yeah. They get crazy. They get a bunch of people shot, including Phil or XO is shot on the, on the deck. And a bunch of other people are shot as well. So Phil t- totally dies. Well, yeah, because he can't make it back to the hatch to yeah, get yeah. down. He can't time. get in there. So they he tell says, him to dive. You got to dive. And yeah. they say, well, where's XO? Yep. Oh, he's up top. We still got to dive. It's a very U571 situation. It is. like, dive. You got to dive. Dive, 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 dive. Is that where it was from? Uh, yes. Ooh. Okay. Uh, no, I actually don't, I don't know when that part was. It probably was that same part. Like the, the alarm is what I'm talking about. I think that was, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it actually was. 
so then they they promote this guy. Um, I forget what they called him. It was more or something like that uh, to uh, be the new EXO. And they, you know, then they need to take the ship back up for repairs. So they've basically been like shot up by this one plane mm-hmm. and be, because they were on the surface, but now they have to go back up to the surface because they have all these leaks and stuff like that. Right. And they're really, they really can't fix this stuff without going up to the surface. So they go up and he basically recruits Ken to go out and fix some of the underwater um, holes and stuff yep. because he's the only one with diving experience. Yeah. And he is a trained underwater welder or so we find out right here. And Captain looks at him and says, hey, buddy, you got your Speedo? Put it on. You're getting in the water. Yeah. Because that's what he was wearing the whole time he was doing it. Really? Yeah. I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice those things. I'm amazed that I didn't he even did notice not. those things. Liar. I didn't notice those things. <laughs> um, and so, he, yeah, so he goes... <laughs> Uh, he goes in and they're doing it. And of course, a plane finds them and starts shooting at them again. I mean, it's, it's like they were up there probably for like hours <laughs> on the surface of the water. So another zero comes and starts to shoot at them. And Malone actually goes up and takes the gun after oh. someone gets shot and is a total badass hero and shoots down the plane. And they're able to get him out of the water. Even then, the repairs were able to be done in time. And everything's like, Super great. Other than a couple more people getting shot. That's not also, that's not great. Right. There, not, are, a whole, there are a whole bunch great. of people that are like super fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? They can just dive again, leave them up top like they did the XO. Right. Uh, so then they, there's a, um, they know, they realize that there's a destroyer um, coming because at this point, a bunch of planes have seen them. So they've radioed <laughs> to this like ship that finds them. Right. And it starts coming at them. So they do a, some classic maneuvers that we have. Oh yeah. That we've seen where they start to like pump oil out. Uh, Make it look like they're sunk. They right. have this thing. I don't even know what you would technically call it, but I refer to it as a bubble gun. It mm-hmm. releases a bunch of gas to make it- I feel it, like that was the first time we saw that one. Yeah, and it uh, creates bubbles. So the idea was that the ping would hit off that, right? And yeah. then that would um, let the ship know where to drop depth charges. And hopefully they're far away from it at that time. Right. And so they kind of lure the ship over to them and eventually are able to get there. And they get some- do they get some death charge? Death charges? They don't get hit directly. They don't. Yeah, they, they, they get yeah. pretty far away with all their fancy, fancy maneuvering. Yeah, and so then they're able to come up and, and actually sink the boat. And it's a huge boon for like the morale of the people. Oh yeah, because they're like, finally we've done something. It's, it's been kind of this whole mission of kind of running away and and just being like on the surface, but then diving. And they spent this whole time like they they were even lamenting in the beginning of the film like we never actually like get to put up the broom that tells us like we swept away the enemies or something. Yep. Like we never sink anyone. Wouldn't it be great if we came home without any torpedoes? kind of thing mm-hmm. and here they're able to kind of do that but there was one guy who's been salty the whole time really, who is really salty uh, still not too impressed he's not impressed at all and the guy who eats all the time which is another character his ca- main characteristic he just eats all the time yes and they kind of get like you know they're, they're, they're on the verge of getting in a scuffle later they do but mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of sniping at each other a little bit because he's like whatever we got food don't we I like food and then he's like yeah but we gotta kill like the enemy he's like whatever it's not even that big of a deal. We just sunk one ship. Right. Yeah. And then Malone, out of nowhere, shaves his beard off. Yeah. What the hell? It's because he got promoted. He's Now he's now he's a lieutenant, so he's got to like show what's up. And here he also, as we said, gets the opportunity to be like, <laughs> they're going to bring him a cake. And he's like about there like, hey, it's a cake. It's a cake, man. It's a cake. He's like, no, no, no. Maybe later. I got something to ask. And he like slides over to Ken. It's like, like hey, here, come with me. Now we're both lieutenants. Can you let me know? Like- 
what did you do with those ladies? You said they were expendable. What's happening? <laughs> did, uh, did you like dump them in the ocean or something? Well, I, I just really am confused by that word you used. <laughs> it's a really weird word to use it's about a weird anyone. Way to refer to people. <laughs> <laughs> so. And this is where Ken blows him off. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> hey, go eat your cake, you son of a bitch. Get, Get out, out of, of my here, sight. It's like, Jesus Christ. Come on, Ken. Good Lord. So anyways, they are, uh, he, they kind of are going in in the, the captain in, you know, kind of a moment of being nice, relents. And it's like, okay, I'm going to take you into the fucking lagoon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and they do, they go under, they kind of sneak under the ship, a Japanese ship, and they get into the lagoon and they go to the bottom of the lagoon. They're like, I'm waiting here. Okay. And they're like, okay, watch my dick. And he pulls it out and it goes perfectly to four, four o'clock. It's like, it's four o'clock right now. Well, my dick swings all the way around and hits point straight up in a full erection. That's when I know it's time for us to leave. Okay. And he's like, weird. Okay. Yeah. He's like, well, that time I'm going to leave the bottom of this ocean and not come back and get you. You got 18 hours. 18 hours. Yeah. Because if we try to leave, come back and get more air. Maybe we can leave once, but we're going to be detected. There's no way we can leave twice. Right. They'll kill us. It is funny how he knew exactly how long it was going to take for all that air to run out. Like they were, when we, when they we were see down them, to like, the wire. Yeah. Yeah. They were literally about to die. They're like, it's almost fatal right <laughs> <laughs> later on. Anyways. Now he's like, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick around. Like this is, this is by the book. Like I'm just going to, we're going to sit here when it hits that time, when my dick hits 12, if you know what I mean, I'm hitting the road. Mm-hmm. AKA the C, because yeah. we're in a submarine. He pops a couple pills. Yeah. He goes into his room. Ready to go. And he just sits there and watches it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. And that was a weird scene in the movie. And I'm glad you bought into this joke. <laughs> uh, and Ken is uh, basically like, fuck you. <laughs> he's, like, he's like really angry about this. He's like, this is so fucking dumb. Like, whatever. Okay, I'm going to dive and like risk my life for everyone. But he has gotten him close. It's only 500 yards or something. So he can kind of get onto the island. Mm-hmm. And so he- He, he gets there pretty easily. Gets there pretty easily. It is dawn at that point, so it took him a couple hours to go 500 yards, which seems weird, but hey, whatever. It's like hey, right out. everybody swims at their own pace, yeah, all right? It's not, it's what time's not... the sunrise in Japan? I don't know. Never. Probably. Oh. Oh, no, no. So it's the, it's land... the land of the rising sun. That's right. It's probably because I think it's they know that once the sun actually rises there, that's when they know they've really reached the pinnacle of their empire. So it hasn't yet risen. Oh, okay. Right? I have no idea. I don't know. Brown, can you look that up? Why Brown, that is? that up. Why they're the land of the rising sun? Yeah, uh, I'll get on it. I, th- I want to also right. want to say I think they were closer than five hundred yards. I want to say five, they were okay. Like, they were five yards. Okay. I, no, I think um, they were like super close though. It's actually the submarine just on the beach. I was going <laughs> like, to look that. We, up. Just, we got you pretty close. I thought that was the inter- <laughs> most interesting part of the film was sort of that dynamic where he was kind of toe to toe with the the captain, you know, button yeah. heads, and and then so he he was expecting that he was going to be. What what would we say two thousand yards out? Yeah, yes. something like that. Yeah, something crazy. And I think they ended up getting them in close to like a hundred yards or something. Sixty. That's yards. a big improvement. That's and a lot close. less uh, stress on your legs. During so, anyways, swimming. he somehow lands in California, clearly, um, where they've just set up a whole bunch of uh, plants to make it look like somewhere tropical. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what that was all about, but he runs around these like these plants and stuff like that, and he's he like hides his scuba equipment, and then he starts running inland, and we get a nice little scene with some baseball where he like is kind of running around, and then they, he gets like a baseball that falls near him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, like, oh shit. shit. And there are some Japanese baseball players and they're looking for their ball. And he kind of like hides in this grass and they go over and they're like, oh, and they finally find the ball and they run away. And yes. he's like, okay. And then he goes around the corner and he looks over at this like 
uh, area of um, a lake and they see like them putting a bunch of gasoline canisters conveniently on this like da- dock. They're like we definitely need these gasoline canisters on this dock. Yeah, this on this inland <laughs> water dock. Yeah. Why Put we them have, there. Yeah, why do we even have this dock? I don't know. And then they walk off the dock and they get into a... Well, it's great for storage. Yeah, and then they get onto a, a truck and so he swims across. He's kind of like right. scoping out everywhere. So first off, he doesn't walk anywhere during this section. He's no, wiggling he's and slithering and, all yeah. over the ground. Yeah. He even slithers just like a snake into the water. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so then he's like scoping everything out. He kind of sees what's going on. And so he he hatches a plan. And he tastes what's on the dock. Did you notice so that? So weird. It actually looked like he'd like improvise that. Because like, like, yeah. like, his like face when he did it was like, oh, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even it's know. Like terrible choice. To figure out what that was. If it was, you know, some kind of fuel, you would smell I couldn't, it. yeah, I couldn't tell the difference between taste. Like, oh, we've got gasoline. Oh, we've got diesel. I wouldn't know. No, yeah. No. Who knows? I guess he would. He, He's me? a special agent. He should. And so anyways, he kind of like, his plan is he swims out and he puts like a butane torch of some sort or something like that up on the, under the dock. So it's going to- was a cigar. Was it a cigar? I don't know. No, I it, thought was it was an explosive device. Yeah, it was a little torch thing. Oh, yeah. okay. That would eventually burn through like the wood and, uh, and light the stuff on fire. And so he- Sets us up to, for as a timer, and then, or was that it? Was it, I guess it might have been an explosive device. He sets a timer, mm-hmm. and it, then it was he like, like uh, if you ever watch Valkyrie, it was one of those little uh, devices where you kind of like pinch it, and uh, it sets a it sets a fuse, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like gives a small explosion, which will trigger the larger explosion with the chemicals. So it's like Mission Impossible, where there's that piece of gum where he mashes the two pieces together. Yes. Yeah, okay, what cool. other Tom movie, Tom Cruise movies can we reference? No, you can just say this? Tom. You can just call him Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, you're good, movies. I know you're good friends with him. I am. We should actually get him on the podcast. He's actually just sitting in your living room right now. He's just chilling. Yeah, he's, he's like, keeping Tom. a dog company. You're like, Tom, just Never relax. Thought to ask. Recording something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Tom, have you ever been in a submarine movie? Uh, no. It's like, ah, eh, never mind. Sorry, we'll get, you, we'll get you on something else. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you on a different episode or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you didn't do a voice in Rocco's Modern Life, did you? No, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, you, ever, you, ever been you, a, you ever been in a skateboard movie, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> And so that he like then he so he sets this thing up. He goes onto the shore and he he waits, and he's he, kind of he's like scooting around everywhere. He is, and then he finally he gets to a spot where he can observe some people. And oh, there we go. Okay, we're pretty close. Yeah. If if you have eighteen hours for a mission, are you going to stop and take a nap? No, he really does sleep. And we get a little flashback even where we actually see he wasn't rejected like by the his lady friend. No, in fact. Cool as a cucumber. He walks out to his car. She's sitting there and she's like, I'm sorry for acting so female right there, which was like, <laughs> okay. All right. It when is, when okay. I saw it, I knew 50s. Jamie was going to make a comment about it. <laughs> it is a crazy line written clearly by a male screenwriter <laughs> for a lady to read. And um, uh, she's like, basically like, you know, what are we supposed to do? Like, why are we supposed to do this? But they, in the end, it kind of comes out that like, yeah, they're into each other. Mm-hmm. Like that, and it's, that's that's what it is. She does want to get married, but yeah. she wants to do it her way. Yeah, she doesn't want to just you know get married that night. I think he even says we can go somewhere. I know someone who's gonna can marry us right now, right now. Yeah. And then she said, "Well, I need to wait." He's like, "Well, like tomorrow we can go down to Tijuana." Right. She's like, "No, I need more time mm-hmm. than this." 
Ken. I need you to find out that I am actually casing you as a spy of sorts. Because why would I want to marry you if you're that stupid? You can't figure it out. <laughs> At least someone can tell you and then we can work out that those details. Uh, and so he like has a little dream about that. And we're like, oh, OK. And then he wakes up and he goes over and there's a whole bunch of stuff. He's kind of like sneaking around. At one point, he ends up in like a spa where like this oh. guy sitting there like singing a song like itura itura heroina unara yeah it's a classic song i actually sang that in chorus in Did the, you really? in, in uh, school not college in uh, in like elementary school we could just do that I'm pretty sure it's a pokemon itura, itura. it's not cuz i sang it before pokemon existed oh, okay Sakura, yes. Sakura. So you knew the song. Yeah. Is Saku- it a simple Saku- song or something? Sakura. You, you would know. Uh, Sakura, I mean, like, Sakura. It shows up all the time. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, they do that whole thing, which is kind of racist. And then the thing explodes <laughs> and everyone runs off. They just like run away real quick. And then uh, only one person is left. And that's the guy who's kind of like manning the, the station. The comm station. Yeah. But he's also pretty interested. He seems really bored and also kind of interested in this giant explosion that happened. So he kind of like sits outside and he climbs in the window and James Gardner's character and Ken and searches around like it's actually pretty intense uh oh it is it's not a big space and he has to keep watching the guy in the door yeah so he's kind of like climbing around he eventually finds it in a drawer Mm -hmm. and by he's taking pictures and the guy like comes in at one point he's like kind of like sitting there and like could have easily been seen oh yeah but then he gets a he gets like a message and so he has to start like sending a message back so he's doing morse code and he's able to get the final pictures put the thing away kind of set everything back up so it doesn't look like he's been there Mm -hmm. and escape but it's like pretty much over at this point they they are they are hit the deadline they're, oh, the they're running the out of, yeah, on the sub they're running out of air they he's already broken protocol by allowing someone to hit the side of the sub with a wrench to let them know let him know where the submarine is because they're a little worried he got disoriented trying to find the submarine again mm-hmm. and that's like totally against protocol obviously because anyone could hear any sonar could really hear it oh definitely and then know that they're there and, and come after them so it's really putting everyone at risk but he decides to to go against that protocol and so he's able to scramble down to the beach put on his scuba gear and and swim out there and it looks like at the last it looks like they're about to go because they're like okay everyone in the, get into the engine room start going and he, all of a sudden he starts to knock back Yes. And everyone's all excited and he climbs back in and they are, you know, they, they are able to go away. Yep. And the commander is all like dejected a little bit. I mean, it's great that they did the mission or whatever, but he writes his own letter to say like, we broke I've, protocol. I, I broke protocol several times and it's up to you, my punishment or whatever. I need to be investigated. Letter. Yeah. And they return and they're glorious reception. There's like a band. They put the broom up. They're super happy about that fucking broom on the top of their submarine. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like smiling and whatever. And he's like looking for his letter. He's like, oh, where's my fucking letter? Mm-hmm. How am I going to like punish myself uh, <laughs> if I don't have this letter? And they're like, maybe someone lost it. And they're like, what? And he's like, it's yeah, someone of the crewmen like smiles at him. And it's a guy who's like the cranky guy. He's like, mm-hmm. yes, he clearly was able to grab that letter. A real change of it. heart. Yeah and everyone's like yeah and then he looks at the shore and there's the spy lady who's like smiling at him from hawaii and at the shore and he's like oh my god my like spy girlfriend and soon to be my spy wife yes and malone is on deck and who shows up oh my god the three expendable hula girls like, thank god you didn't kill him kill them oh my god they even have a sign welcome back malone he's like we're not expendable <laughs> it's like what i don't even know what that word means that's it. That's the end. 
All right, guys, I found what uh, Japan is called the Land of the Rising Sun. Late on me. Name is as old as 1,400 years uh, <gasps> to the Chinese, uh, not, you know, at that time, not necessarily knowing, I don't think, how the uh, solar system worked and everything. They just always <laughs> knew Japan uh, is where the sun rose every morning, was over um, over Japan, out on the horizon. and uh, I see. Japan was called Nippon, and uh, Nippon means uh, sun origin. Hmm. I feel like this should have been with our Japanese movie month. We probably should have talked about that then. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good it's a good transition. It's a, yeah, it is. It helps us kind super of smooth bridge the gap. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Brom, what you got? Okay, so uh, as we've alluded to many times now on this episode, it reminded me of Destination Tokyo, and not only was Destination Tokyo significantly older, I, I liked the characters. I, I felt like this Destination Tokyo was uh, almost like an ensemble. Like I liked James Garfield's character in that, alongside Cary Grant and you know Cookie and some of the other characters. It just had a real, a real charm to it, which I don't usually give credit to a lot of the older movies. I don't typically tend to like them, but Destination Tokyo was one that I really did like. So I kind of kept that as You particularly like the religious overtones, right? Yeah, that was my favorite part as a religious person. Um, I really wanted to uh, give that movie a a solid review to spite Jamie and give a a big middle finger to science. And uh, so with that as my sort of baseline, this movie... uh, Obviously, derivative of that, even use some of the footage from Destination Tokyo. Um, And, you know, we had some, you know, good combat and some, you know, a return to form here with with the submarine action and uh, life on the sub and stuff like that. So, I mean, it wasn't without its merits, uh, but I I would say it fell short of Destination Tokyo for me. I'm going to give this one a 5.5. Hmm. And what did you give Destination Tokyo? I believe a seven and a quarter, something like that. Mm. And most more importantly, what did I give Destination Tokyo? Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll pull it up here for you while you- uh, I think it might have been an eight. Did I give Destination? No, I, I don't think I gave Destination. I, but I gave it a seven and a half. But that'd be my guess. Okay. Do you want to uh, go first? I, I can go first. Yeah. Like you said, Destination Tokyo, older movie, better movie- um, yeah. very similar plot. I was trying yeah. to, Jamie, you gave it an eight and so did Kyle. I gave it an eight. Wow. Okay. 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 So I was, I was trying to, it's, you, it's impossible to not compare the two when you're it watching is, them because yeah. it's so similar. Yeah. Some of the stuff I wish we saw in this, the, uh, sorry, let me back up. Things I liked. We did have a lot of action back to back. Yeah. Maybe sometimes even too much because <laughs> they just get something solved. Oh, hey, we're getting attacked again. Oh, hey, now there's a ship bearing down on us. It kept it moving along. Yeah. It did. I liked I liked some of the characters, um, alone. And I, I enjoyed yeah. him. Uh Ken, he was he was all right. Captain was kind of off putting. Sure. And 
Nobody else really rings a bell. No. But <laughs> it is funny because there's there's actually a very famous person who's one of the he was a guy who got promoted to be XO. I think it's Dowry or something like that. Okay. Who's like a very, very famous person, just mm-hmm. in general, just like a famous person. Yeah. And I found it funny that he was like such an innocuous nobody character. Like you would could not possibly remember anything he did in this film. Because oh. he was just like nothing. Right. Oh, you're really famous. <laughs> and why are you doing that role? Yeah. Uh, but when he got to the island. I maybe it's just because I've been playing God of War all weekend. I'm in maybe a hyper violent mood. I wanted him to be snapping necks. Yeah. You know, he's not a snapping neck kind of guy. Though. No, not in this. Yeah, when, especially when the guy came in. That's more of a notebook to, type thing. Yeah, when he just snaps all those necks in the notebook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you should have brought me back. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> this classic line from the notebook. You should have brought me back. <laughs> <laughs> but when he was in that, you know, radio room, I would have liked that guy to discover okay, him and they then may get have, into a scuffle. Okay, they may have figured out that he stole the codes, though. <laughs> yeah, but if he, yeah, I guess, I it guess, would have maybe that. ruined the mission. It, at least the guy who was singing the song, yeah, in the sauna, yeah, because he went in there to hide, and there's a dude in there, yeah. But that guy didn't even look at him because he's too busy singing the song, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh man. Did you hear about him? He died in the sauna. How did he die? He snapped his own neck singing a song. Really? Yeah. He must have slipped on the floor because it was so, uh, you know, like, muggy in there. It was like slippery. The floor was so slippery. And he was singing a song. He was so distracted by singing the song that he slipped and totally snapped his heck. His neck, his head was actually turned all the way around. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I did like the, like you mentioned, Brom, return to form because these are the movies that yeah. are- Traditional submarine movies. Yeah, there were no a lot of submarine. We just had a lot, a lot of sub action. That's what I like. Uh, a lot of classic sub. A lot of like, we're we're turning, we're turning, turning these knobs. We're gonna shoot a torpedo. We're gonna we're gonna deal with this. No mutinies. No fire. We did get a little flooding. We did. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and it's a it's a six. Oh, I'm gonna go a little ahead of you. I'm gonna say a six and a half. I actually thought I would have given. I thought I would have given Destination Tokyo a seven, and this was gonna come in right below it. Mm-hmm. I actually feel like this has some positives in comparison. It's just very derivative, and I think it, it was very difficult to see. They had reused a lot of their their underwater footage, the mm-hmm. model model work, and so it came in really dark. I felt like they were almost trying to hide the fact that they were reusing stuff and whatever. Like the I scenes could, where the sub sitting on the floor, yeah, yeah. you can almost not even see what's yeah, going on. I felt on. like they were trying to hide stuff, or maybe they were trying to say like, okay, well, this Destination Toko used it this way. We're going to use it this way, where it's more like night and very dark underneath and murky. Mm-hmm. But like I found them almost incomprehensible. And so like that was tough as a submarine movie. You want to see a lot of that stuff. I did like a lot of the footage they had really nice, like diving footage and the submarine kind of like, um, kind of, uh, sailing around Hawaii and that kind of stuff. And, and I like the characters a lot too. Like one of the things I didn't love about Destination Tokyo was some of the kind of weird 1940s, um, G Willikers, uh, I believe in Christmas, uh, kind of stuff like, oh, I, I found like, how do you believe in God? Like, because of surviving this war, it's like interesting. Uh, sure. Um, and those kind of overtones uh, are not necessarily something I look for in a film. And this kind of like skipped over all that stuff and just had more mm-hmm. of the stuff that I liked from Destination Tokyo too, which was the action stuff and whatever. It's just, it wasn't as well made. It was very derivative and just of lesser quality overall than that kind of film. So go a little bit lower, six and a half, but I still liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's still definitely one to watch. Yeah. It's a, cla- it's a, it's a pretty classic film. I liked it. All right. That's our guy. We came in pretty much in the middle on that guy. 
But I think some of these other World War II ones are going to come in a little higher. Ooh. Would be my guess. Because there are some like, some classics we got coming up. Yes, we do. All right. Are you ready for some trivia, guys? Yes. I'm ready. Oh, both said yes. Good. Brahma, are you sure, though? Mm, on second thought, let's just get into subs worldwide. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Too bad. Right Phantom Zone. <laughs> it's trivia time. Skip it all. <laughs> See you, Jamie. So, as I said, all underwater miniature submarine shots were reused from the film Destination Tokyo 1943. So, many years earlier, they used the same model work, and boy, howdy, they could have upgraded those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this is based on a 1956 novel. In the Rob White novel, it was Commander Stevenson, who was the guy played by Edmund O'Brien. The submarine skipper who refused to consider entering the lagoon to facilitate uh, Ken's mission. But he was the one killed in the strafing by the Japanese plane. The captain was? Yeah. So he was the one who was killed. And so uh, he and and the one ordering the boat to be submerged. It was more of a redemption thing than what happened where a very well-liked character in our case was actually killed in the process. And eventually the, the captain himself reconsidered and actually went to the lagoon. In this case, the captain refused and was kind of by the book and everyone was like, and then ordering the the submarine to submerge is like his redemption story. And then this well-liked guy becomes the captain and is like, no, we're going to the lagoon, which I think it, it is like a more coherent storyline, but they kind of switched things. Right. Around. They didn't want to kill Edmund O'Brien. So the submarine used in the film is the USS Tilefish. Uh, this is not mentioned on the USS Tilefish Wikipedia page, which is something that is uh, a travesty. Um, it is the same submarine used in Murphy's War many years later. So it's like a 70s film. Yeah. Uh, and so it had already been decommissioned by the UCI. In, in fact, this was decommissioned from the U.S. fleet only year, a few years after it was used in this film. Now, just to be clear, it's sold to the Venezuela fleet. Is this the U-boat in Murphy's War? Yes. Or it's the, the one this dressed, is the U-boat. It's the one that was dressed up as the U-boat, yes. Okay. And so it's it was in the Venezuelan fleet for many years after that. And it, this was the boat that was used gotcha. in that one. According to March 50, 1958, Hollywood Reporter, Tab Hunter was set to appear in the film, providing it didn't conflict with the schedule of Damn Yankees, uh, which he was already um, kind of attached to, which turned out it must have conflicted because he didn't actually end up in the film. So like a lot of the news reports that are connected to this just reported something and never reported when it like stopped happening. Hmm. So a lot of them are like this guy, like seven people were reported to be involved in this film. No reports are known why or how they didn't appear in the film, whether they were cut or whatever. There's a bunch of trivia like that kind of saying these, all these people were supposed to appear in it, but like for whatever reason, never did. Uh, Also Tony Curtis, which we've seen of course uh, in which one is that called again? The pink submarine. Uh, Operation Petticoat. Operation Petticoat. Uh, and he was sought for the lead role. And then Joanna Barnes was considered uh, for the um, lead female role, the hmm. spy lady. Okay. Um, Tony Curtis then, would have been a really uh, bizarre choice, I think. Yeah, it would have been a weird choice, right? Because yeah. he been, you know, at least from what we've seen him in Operation Petticoat, he was more goofy. Yeah, he's like a little more. And you can't have somebody super goofy yeah. doing this. Um. But then, according to a, uh, it was even they were even listed as part of like production notes and stuff like that in the Hollywood Reporter. Wow! But then none of them actually appeared in the film. All right, we're gonna play a quick game. Ooh, okay. Because I liked I like something I, I saw. I like <clears throat> games. So the director of this film made a trillion movies, uh, and so I'm gonna list some of the movies that he also directed. Okay. And then one that he didn't direct, and you have to tell me which one is not a real film that he directed. Okay. So, Zombies on Broadway. Mr. Soft Touch, Creature with the Atom Brain, I Was a Communist for the FBI, and a film called Skullduggery. Oh. 
I was a communist for the FBI. I'll say Mr. Soft Touch. You're both wrong. Uh, so the one he didn't direct was Creature with the Atom Brain. Huh. I just love the fact that Zombies on Broadway was like a real thing that they made in like the 30s. <laughs> like it's like 1936 and like Zombies on Broadway. And you look at the poster and it's legitimately Zombies on Broadway. It's amazing. Like, Wait, I got to make fuck? a game out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I know I, uh, an album by that name that came out in the Zombies last couple of years. But... All right. So uh, upon completion of Up Periscope, it was reported in the Hollywood Reporter that Frank Gifford, who played Mount, and that was Doherty. That was the guy who got the uh, promotion to be EXO. Okay. And he was basically an anonymous person that says something. That was Frank Gifford. Do you know who Frank Gifford is? Not off the top of my head. So Kathy Lee, Grether, Kathy Lee Griff, Gifford's um, husband, he's he's dead now. He had died. Uh, he's died uh, in the 2000s sometime. Oh, wow. But he was a former NFL football player. He won MVP of the league. Uh, the NFL and played for like many years and was in the Hall of Fame and also was a longtime broadcaster for the NFL. Wow, I feel like a piece of trash that I don't know this. Yeah, so he was in there and so he, he this was his first film that he appeared, a first feature film that he appear, appeared in and he was given leave um, after this. So he had had a, they gave him absence after he finished filming this. Okay, you can go off and attend the New York Giants um, practice time in, in uh, Oregon and then he actually never appeared in another major film other than in like cameo roles after this so he was supposed to be this like kind of hollywood star he was up and coming and they had him on like some picture deal and they was like okay you can go to the giants training camp and he'd already been in the league and was like a major player and stuff like that but seemingly he was like ready to transition and then played like 10 more years and made the hall of fame (laughs) yeah it's weird because then he didn't he never really was in anything more so right yeah so what other football mvps mvps of the league would have been good in a role in this. So what about OJ Simpson? Classic one. <laughs> I, you know, I would have liked OJ in this because you remember Ice Station Zebra, we had Jim yeah. Brown mm-hmm. who had a pretty dominant presence. Yes. I think OJ Simpson could provide that. In what role? In what role? As the main character? No, oh, shoot. It's not Malone. No, it can't be Malone. You think he'd maybe be like the XO or something? That was kind of like my problem with the movie is there really wasn't anyone in this besides like the Braden character and a little bit of, you know, support from the captain. Like there wasn't really any focus on I feel on like it is else. Ken though. It's probably Ken. It's It'd funny. Ken. It's funny too because around the time that um, he may or may not allegedly have killed his wife, he was actually um, filming a TV pilot called Frogman where he played like a – Navy. Oh, frog no kidding. Yeah, I know he's in those naked gun like movies and all that. But. So, well, he's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's jacked. Terry? He would be a good, he'd be good for that. Yeah. Garner's what about character? Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> I mean, he's an, a legitimate actor. He's been in all kinds of films. Like right. Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey. I'd like to see him butt. like now uh, as like the uh, Alan Hale character. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be Malone, right? Yeah. It'd be fun. I would think so. Yeah. He'd have to be. I mean, he seems like a, jovial guy yeah what about dan marino who obviously had a star turn in the major motion picture ace ventura pet detective to be clear i gotta put the full title right i'd like dan marino to be probably ken i don't know i feel like he's the anonymous xo like it's so that's what i was gonna put him as an xo like i'm dan marino just kind of in the background kind of like in ace ventura what about Brett Favre, who made a cameo appearance in there? Something about Mary. <laughs> I, I put like, Brett. I, I feel put like Brett Favre. Too stupid. <laughs> I'd put him as the uh, the guy who snaps, and he's always mad at the captain. And then at the end, when he you know gives the shoots the finger guns at him, 
Throws him, I just, got, him, I just him got finger guns from Brett Favre. Instead, he throws him a touchdown straight to him. Yeah. Perfect spiral. <laughs> or he takes, he takes the note and he folds it into a paper mache football and just chucks it. Or he, get a, he gets a text from him and it's like, don't worry about it. I got rid of it. And then he also gets a dick pic real quick from him. Like, Great. <laughs> Brett Favre, come on. Get out of here. It's like, sorry, you're not Jen. <laughs> well, maybe I would, what I would do is maybe I'd switch the roles where it's actually a female main character. Ken's character is now with a female version of Ken's name. I don't know even what that would be. Um, Kendra. Kendra, perfect. So Kendra is like a frog person uh, who is ready to like invade the Japanese uh, island or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the spy lady in the sound, spy man is Brett Favre, kind of like lounging on the beach, like, oh boy. Oh, he could throw her a bouquet of flowers when the boat comes back in. Yeah. And then last but not least, obviously, uh, Ed Harris. Um, and little, little known fact, Ed Harris was actually a place kicker for the Bengals. Um, and he went uh, 83 for 83 uh, with a long wow. of 85 yards. He won the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. He clicked, kicked 12 field goals in the Super Bowl that year. And wow. won. The Bengals won the Super Bowl against all odds, and no one actually remembers it. And Ed Harris is the place yeah, I don't remember that. That's No one remembers it. <laughs> it's incredible. So what do you think Ed Harris would be good at, though? Uh, uh, he's Ken. Kenneth. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, I want to call him Kenneth. Ken. He's Ken. Ken. Kenneth? <laughs> Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to, if Ed Harris is in there, I want him to be called Kenneth. He could be the hard ass by the book captain too. That sort of has That's to true. have the redemption, redemption moment at the end. I feel like every time you say Ed Harris, I just automatically assume Hero. main role. Yeah. <clears throat> and like good guy. He's never plays a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's always a little confusing. Even when he's a bad guy, like, oh, maybe I, I kind of like this guy, what this guy's going for. Like, well, he's trying to nuke the entire world. Like, yeah, but like you can see his point of view a little bit. Mm-hmm. What if, what if one of these people had a cameo? They were a U.S. defector and they were flying one of the Japanese planes that was attacking the sub. Brett Favre. You think it'd be <laughs> Brett Favre? Yeah, because he sucks. Get out of here. Goodness, no love, no love for Brett Favre. I do not. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, I don't condone him sending dick pics to people. I mean. <laughs> I think you of all people. You're just like a <laughs> paragon of morality, Jamie. So thank you. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> uh, and then, so finish it up with a little Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. So we've used this before, so it's very easy. Um, obviously Fantastic Voyage I used Edmund O'Brien to get to this film and right. then move from there um, <clears throat> a, William Leslie was a lieutenant in uh, this film I actually forgot which one lieutenant William Leslie hmm. but he was also a lieutenant in Hellcats of the Navy um, and from here it's easy because we've used that before for uh, Arthur Franz um, to get when we used the uh, the Incredible Mr. Limpet um, to go to Atomic Submarine. And then from there, it's just a few steps to Tiro Shimada, our classic. Ooh. Mabu. Tiro Shimada. Mabu. Tiro Shimada. My boy. Hey, do your do your catchphrase real quick. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how I know Rob's in the house. What up, boy? All right. After that. Yeah. It's time for subs worldwide. <laughs> time to calm down. Just settle <laughs> in for... Just Subs relax. Worldwide. Well, I spit some facts. You guys like that? We're yeah. gonna a rap game. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. It's it's sub sub world world wide wide wide. So, the 
we're back to World War II. Yes. So figured out, I'll do a World War II era submarine. I love this. So the salmon class submarine. Yeah. Oh. This is the first <laughs> U.S. submarine to achieve 21 knots. Whoa. Yes. Congrats. Very fast. Also the first submarine to be eaten by a grizzly bear. Wow. Oh. That's interesting. On a uh, submarine spawning um, run. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's a good joke. I like it a lot. It's not going to land. Uh, <laughs> Just edit <laughs> So that they have out. a range of 11,000 nautical miles, which allowed them to operate in Japanese water. Yeah, while you're editing that joke out, can you edit the uh, Brett Favre joke out? <laughs> <laughs> nope, they're all staying in. Uh, so these were built from 1936 to 1938. There were only six of them planned, and all six were completed. Oh, and, six for six, baby. And retired, none lost. Wow. So- for the speed specs, while it was surfaced, like I mentioned, it can go 21 knots. Incredible. Submerged, nine knots. All right. They were 308 feet long. Nice. They had four diesel engines that each generated 1,535 horses and four electric motors that generated 665 horsepower uh, apiece. Submerged endurance, so it can stand underwater for 48 hours. Hmm. Test depth is only 250 feet. It's not, that's not far. No, but you got to remember these are the, you know, we're talking really early subs. At this point, they're still made to run on the surface yeah, and when, just dive when, to escape. Sorry, when was this? Did you mention when they were being made? Oh, uh, yeah, 36 to 38. 38. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so for the weapons, it has eight 21-inch torpedo tubes, four in the front, four in the back, can hold Ooh, 24 torpedoes. Party in the front and the back. Oh, yeah. Has a 76-millimeter deck gun and four machine guns. So- the entirety of this class was used to defend the Philippines wow. during World War II. And I guess they did a pretty darn good job because we didn't lose one of them. Well, there we go. Are there any remaining? Are there any on like display or anything like that? No. They're all gone? not. It's a shame. So, it is. It's I text. mean, I guess it does t- cost like money to like maintain these things, but I feel like ever at least one of each class should maybe be like- You would think. Yeah, kept around. There's only six of them. Come instead on. Of, instead of just like sunk as target practice to make a coral reef or something. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's sad. But yeah. I, I like that you're, we're going back through some of the U.S. ones because there's a bunch of U.S. classes that none of the submarines were ever in films. Like those, like they defended the Philippines and stuff like that. Like yeah, they they weren't really around to like just be like, hey, now you're going to be in this like random submarine film. I know you guys are fighting World War II, but do you mind if we borrow one for a movie real quick? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sure. We're just defending the nation. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, so like a bunch of them that I looked, like none of them were in movies now that might not even be true because a lot of stuff isn't on wikipedia as i've mentioned before <laughs> so some of these may be in films for all we know but we're, we're never going to know until we're actually it's just like hard to know if we'd be able it's to true. do this one effectively yeah. so there's a bunch of classes that i'm excited to hear about from Ooh. the u.s side of things well hopefully i don't let you down i don't think you will that was pretty good all right mr brom speaking of letting me down tube three ready to fire sir commence the countdown What's up, what's up, what's up? Oh, yeah, it all back. What up, boy? Never lets me down. (laughs) I got a countdown for us. Nice. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, you sound real amped for this bad boy. Yeah, that's a little weird. (laughs) You have Uh, no idea. Yeah, you guys are are still staring right at each other, right? You don't have this new mic set up. No, I've been looking away. Mm, While he was doing that, I was quickly trying to... uh, 
Well, our faces are very close. We yeah. like deflect our eye movement. Right. Around okay. The very clever. Tonight, I have, uh, and to reiterate one final time, this, uh, this film we watched, very derivative of uh, Destination Tokyo. Top five tonight is top five movies with the same plot that came out within a year of each other. Oh, oh, I'm liking so this. These are, these are actually twin movies. Yeah, these are twin, twin movies. Movie stuff? Nice. Badmovietwins.com. That's badmovietwins.com. It is badmovietwins.com. So, number five, again, these are these are within a year of each other, which is what makes yeah. them so crazy. We can forgive uh, Up Periscope, at least it came out uh, 16 years apart. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> right. these are these are these are pretty egregious. Number five, we're gonna we're gonna start off with the Prestige, which mm. starred uh, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, that played dueling magicians, risking life and limb uh, as they searched for the ultimate magic trick, and the Illusionist, which mm-hmm. starred Edward Norton and Jessica Biel. Uh, Norton used his savvy as a magician to capture the attention of the affluent Jessica Biel. You guys remember those? I saw both those. I would give the edge to the prestige if you're only going to watch one. I agree with that. Right. I, I, I feel like I liked that more at the time, and it's definitely been the one that's been more within the um, culture, kind of impacted the culture more. Definitely. More people remember that one. than Right. Yeah. I remember watching because. The Prestige. I don't know if I ever saw The Illusionist. I saw both in theaters, I think. Did you? Which, yeah. one, had, uh, which one had Tesla in it? That was The Prestige. prestige. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's just, it's weird- when these things come out, who is thinking about making magician movie? Magician movies within a year of one another, and will the U.S. market support this and go watch these magician movies? I actually think it ended up not. I feel like one of those didn't do very well. But I, well, the Prestige is a uh, Christopher Nolan movie, right? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. One of them I, didn't. I don't think one of them did very well. I feel like Nolan, most Nolan movies just can't fail anymore. Mm. Number four. 1998, good year. We got Ants, Woody Allen oh, yeah. playing an animated ant yeah. from uh, DreamWorks Studio, and A Bug's Life from Disney, a misfit band yeah. of bugs wage uh, wage war against the oppressive grasshoppers played by the late great Kevin Spacey. And I'm oh yeah, well, <laughs> I you threw me off for a second there. The opinions of each <laughs> member of the <this laughs> podcast do not reflect uh, Mackie's second floor studios as a whole. Yeah. Um, but no, actually, I I think I saw both of those in theaters. As I think kid, I did too. As a kid, yeah. Remember in Ants, they have that whole Starship Troopers reference scene yeah, right, right in the beginning, and they have. Uh, yeah, it was all about totalitarianism. Yeah. Uh, no, I, the, I, big edge to Bugs Life for me. Yeah, but I was gonna say, I Bugs love Life Bugs Life. That was one of right. the few and, movies I've probably watched more than ten times in my life. And Bugs Life looks, I feel like Bugs Life ended up looking a lot better too. Like ants, if you go back and look Mm -hmm. at it, it's real weird and like angular and stuff like that. It is. It was was bizarrely mature too. It didn't, Bugs Life, you know, is a true kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go Bugs Life. Yeah, gotcha. For sure. Other than the whole Kevin Spacey thing where you could do without it. Maybe they should redo the voice. Oh, we could do it. Yeah, get you in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, get us authority. all in. We could all be the same character, but just <laughs> use every other. Uh, we just read every other word. Okay, you're an evil, uh, evil grasshopper. Go. Seems like a good strategy. Well, jump back to your house with my big stick bug.
<laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that. Stigma. Stigma. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. Nailed it. Let's go back. Uh, before We're going to we get... have to really, uh, you know, like uh, work on that. <laughs> that was rough. I like the idea of like you having trying to, like something happens with editing. Where you're trying to line that up and it's like a little off. You're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that idea. <laughs> uh, let's keep it on the rails here and go back a little further in time to 1989. We got Ooh. Turner and Hooch. Inspe- mm. Inspector Tom Hanks begrudgingly adopts a dead man's hound in order to find the killer. We also had canine. Officer Jim Belushi teams up with a difficult canine to catch an elusive criminal. Are you not even going to mention the fact that there's mo- many other films that are just like this? But are they within a year of each other? I don't other? know. When was the Chuck Norris one? Oh, I don't know about that. These are all like, again, they had to occur within uh, one calendar year of each other. Yeah. I guess my point is that like this type of movie comes out like every few years. Yeah. (laughs) It's like there just was one this year, Show Dogs with Will Arnett, where he goes to Las Vegas to investigate a corrupt dog show. um, uh, And there's a talking dog. Uh, His partner is like a dog. Will Arnett's in that? Yeah. How good is it? It's really bad. I'm going to watch badmovietwins.com. Dang it. But Speaking it of show dogs, that was uh, one of my honorable mention is uh, showgirls and striptease. Ooh. I've I, seen both. Uh, no, I actually have not seen showgirls. I've seen, I seen either of those. Yeah. But <laughs> all right. For the other one, I don't even know if I've seen the Jim Belushi one, Canine. I think I've uh, only ever seen Turner and Hooch. I think they're both actually pretty good. They're both pretty good. I mean, but Turner and Hooch is like a classic. Right. Yeah. Edge to Tommy Hanks. Yeah, Tommy Hanks. Boy. Number two. This one's he bad. A, he, has a submarine, I, I would... he has a submarine film coming out next year. <laughs> what one? Uh, Tommy Hanks? Like, yeah, yeah. It's called like Grey something. Greyhound? I think it's called Greyhound. Greyhound? Yeah. Like the, the dog or the bus? Uh, <laughs> or the sub? Like the Battle of Midway, I think is what it's about. No, no, no. That's Midway. And he befriends about, a dog that battle. helps him pilot the submarine through uncharted <laughs> yeah. waters. The dog uses his keen hearing to- Locate not that, but enemy I, I think sonar tech goes down and the dog has to direct it. <laughs> I think he's writing and directing it and it's about like World War II and it's about a submarine. That, that sounds good. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another one midway about where submarines in it as well. That's next year too. Hot uh, damn. Yeah. Back to the contemporary movies, era. Uh, yeah. A couple of terrible movies. IMO. White House Down. Channing Ooh. Tatum rescues President Jamie Foxx when he is attacked in the White House. And same year, Olympus has fallen. Gerard Butler rescues President Aaron Eckhart when he is kidnapped in the White House. So White House Down is considerably better than Olympus yes, has fallen. Yes, I agree. Uh, Olympus has fallen, then spawned a sequel called London Has Fallen. Correct. Yeah, which was even worse. It was yeah. terrible. Like, those ones so with Morgan bad. Freeman as president. Yes, and I think they're going to have Angel is down, Angel down, or something. Uh, where he's on Air Force One, which actually sounds like I, I, I actually like that. Oh that that one's word. much better. That, um, <laughs> I literally thought when those came out, it was the same movie. Yeah, no, but White House Down, the the, the problem I had with White House Down was that it was uh, it looked really cheap because it, it was made for uh, like not that much money. So it was all done. It all was pretty clearly on some set and they just kind of filled everything in with CGI. Um, and so like it's, he's supposed to be like in an SVU, like driving around the white house, but everything is like computer generated. It's oh, so really? weird. Yeah. It looks really strange. My Isn't problem with Jamie white Fox house in one of these. Yeah. Jamie Foxx yeah, is right the down. president of white house down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, we got, uh, 1998, we got 1998 and 1999. We got oh, yeah. the Truman show. Wait, Unbeknownst what? to Jim Carrey. 
his entire life as a reality television show being broadcast to massive audiences. Within a year of that came Ed TV. Be notes oh, yeah. I mean, to Matthew McConaughey, his entire life as a reality television show being broadcast to massive audiences. You didn't even mention like the most prominent of these. No, first of all, Truman Show, classic. Hands Ed, down, Scott Ed Harris. Great yeah. show, great movie. Ed TV, um, even better. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but uh, you didn't even mention the most prominent twin film ever. What? Uh, what's that? Uh, Armageddon? Oh, Armageddon Deep Impact? Impact? Yeah, I thought about it. I I have not seen Deep Impact, so I didn't want to do something that I hadn't seen the movies. That's just the one. That's like the first one that comes to mind because it was crazy even at the time as it was like Deep Impact and it's like and Armageddon. It's like, wait, are these? This is really confusing. Is this the same film? Somebody gave me uh, Impact Impact in the Deep. Impact in the Deep, that's (laughs) right. right. (laughs) Somebody gave me Deep Impact as a Christmas gift when I was a kid. Hmm. Like a DVD of it or something. All that kind of stuff happens all the time. I feel like I used to give DVDs as gifts to my brothers and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. A couple I remember back in the day being like, I wonder why I thought he would like this. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's in the $5 bin. Yeah, exactly. Got the gift. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Get it. Did it. Truman Show is really good. Truman Show is too bad. Does it have a submarine? It probably it does. does. Uh, we just don't see I, it. I looked it up when we uh, were talking about. When we really got on the big uh, Ed Harris kick, I, I looked It would have been funny it. if there was a submarine, right? Like, that's a way they're yeah. getting certain shots, like, underneath the sailboat oh, and that's stuff. That's why I yeah. figured there there might be. I looked and, like, I Googled and I didn't find anything, but I wouldn't be shocked if I go back and watch it and they were, they have, probably, like, a submersible. There probably, yeah, there probably is one. We just don't get to see it. Because you'd think that'd be uh, a great way to get some shots uh, yeah. with the, in the like, certain angles. Or of the, the coastline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You put up the periscope. Yeah, exactly. Scan the, line, scan the coast. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, yep. Missed opportunity, really. It really is. Ed Harris should have been on that. Like, Him I'm, of all people. I'm going to be doing this film called Phantom. I wrote and directed it. Don't Already did it. the abyss. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's make it the trilogy. <laughs> they wouldn't have denied him. He's Ed Harris. He's Ed fucking Harris. That's right. He's got six packs. His six packs are six packs. You say six are sick? His six packs have six packs. <laughs> oh. They're you said sick. his six packs are sick packs. They're sick. That's even bro. better. I should have said I should have said that. Should have. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. So, uh, that was a periscope. That's Thank- it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Next week, more I- World War II stuff. And finish off with your catchphrase. What's up? What's up? What's up? Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, Please go ahead and give us a rating. We should make an episode compiling all of our 10 seconds of silences and release it as our final episode.